Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TV Pilot Reviews here on AfterBuzz TV. Today, it's a first for us on the show. We're talking about some... Um, kind of non-scripted shows, in a sense. And um, they are surrounded by two very, very funny ladies, so don't move a muscle. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I love you, America! (laughs) (laughs) Not expecting that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TV Pilot Reviews here on AfterBuzz TV. For those tuning in for the first time, this is a show where we review some of Hollywood's hottest pilots um, and tell you whether you should pass or play. For those listening on the podcast, you're uh, missing us swaying in studio. I have uh, these amazing co-panelists who I'm swaying with in honor of our country, which is America. D'Angelo, let's start with you. It's good to have you back, buddy. We missed you last yeah, week. I missed you guys, and that was a great show. I'm so surprised you didn't like it. Check uh, out your yeah, yeah. You love Mindhunter. I was I was a fan. I okay, was. cool. Well, Linda you know, loved the, Mindhunter. Yeah, we're not on that right now. Yeah. But check that, check that show Check out, out that guys. show. We reviewed yeah, yeah. it last week. Uh, but Oh, you want me to intro them? Just talk, yeah, yeah, come on, man. Like to, hey, hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> I obviously haven't been here in a while. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at TV or on Instagram at D'Angelo. Where can they find you? I am all over social media. Hi, guys. Linda Antwi. And I am Linda So Girly on all across the platform. And also not an American, so this would be a great perspective. Right. Yeah. So we like swimming and sway to America, you know. Absolutely. No yeah. Guys, my name is Jeff Graham. Um, very boring name, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Relative to the rest of my co-panelists. Uh, but if you guys want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. We're missing our friend Sam Davidson. We, we need to come home, all right? We're, we're sick and tired of you not being here. Especially right? because I feel like um, Sam would have loved this show. Wait, just listen. There's a real epidemic of cops murdering unarmed black teenagers. There you go. That sums up the show. That's our very own um, Sarah Silverman talking about um, privilege and race and politics in our country, the United States of America. Because we're going to be talking about both two shows today. We'll first be talking about her show, which is Hulu's new show, I Love You, America. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, centered around Sarah Silverman. And then we'll be talking about Amy Sedaris's new show, um, At Home with Amy Sedaris. Um, so the reason I put these both of these shows together is because I think they're both kind of meditations on very popular talk formats. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to do something different with yeah. what we're very, very used to. Yeah. Um, that being said, they're not super, super, super new. Um, Sarah Silverman's show premiered on October 12th, and Amy Sedaris' show premiered on October 24th. But I thought it'd be nice to pair them together, because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of similarities in the objectives of both of these shows. I want to start by talking, though, about Sarah Silverman's show. Again, this show is called I Love You, America. It premiered on October 12th, and it is her earnest attempt to try and create a late-night show that really tries to bridge the political divide between the left and the right in our country. D'Angelo and Linda, what did you think of this show? You first, Linda. Oh, I'll be first. Um, I thought it was entertaining for sure. And I, I, I get that she is bringing like unity and 
you know, what I got from it mostly was I am kind of maybe a little bit of a bleeding liberal, mm-hmm. and I live in a liberal cocoon. Right. And I think having the discussions is going to be important, having discussions with people that think differently than you, and not necessarily having it be combative, mm-hmm. but agree to disagree. Yeah. I Yeah, I will say Sarah Silverman is someone who's always around from a constant standpoint, but not someone I consume usually, but mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with her and her work. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is my opportunity to kind of divulge in that a little bit. Yeah. I appreciate what she's attempting to do. I would also say that I feel like she's accomplishing it to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just some stylistic things that had me feeling a certain thing, certain ways. So it, I kind of, yeah, I had to, I dived on like, oh, I like that. And I didn't like that. Yeah. So I, but I, the mission and the vision of it is clear. I think she accomplished most of it, and I appreciated it. Yeah, I'm like on a very similar page as both of you, and I think I liked it a lot more. It sounds <laughs> like I do agree. I think the pilot was a little messy. Um, yeah. I think it's got a lot that it does need to kind of figure out. Um, I think it did take a couple diversions. I don't know if we needed five minutes. Oh, this is. Eh, I'll save it. There was <laughs> no one segment at the beginning that I'm not sure we needed five minutes of uh-huh. um, at the I, very beginning I, of the I show. Agree with you. But that being said, I really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm loving about it is I I do think she's earnestly attempting to do something that no other late night show has done. I mean, I'm also someone who admittedly like loves John Oliver mm-hmm. and yeah. but I'm probably kind of contributing to the problem of this diametric conversation around politics. And I have to applaud her for what I think is a really beautiful, at least, attempt yeah. to bridge the gap. And granted, I've been a Sarah Silverman fan for a long time. I do think she's a very open-hearted, empathetic person who really... I feel like there's some Hollywood people who um, want to make a difference. And um, this is hilarious, guys. I'm wearing the wrong headset. <laughs> I just have to say, for those listening on the podcast, sometimes I just wonder how I'm working in media. Because I'm just like such... Just give me two seconds. You right, are, second. You're the man, Joe. You are, I love you guys. You are. You're killing it. And uh, we can we're hear proud you. of you. We support you. Yes. Oh, that's and you're yeah, much better. We now, all you make now you hear yourself. Now you hear us. Now I can hear great. everyone. <laughs> um, but I, I just really like Sarah Silverman, and I think even though a lot of things maybe didn't work as well as they should have in this pilot, I really came away thinking I'm very excited about this show, and I'm a definite play yeah. for this show. I don't know about you guys. Are you pass or play? You're first. Okay, wait. Can we define press or pass or play to me again? Yeah. So pass is just like not worth watching a second episode. Right. Play is like I'm going to keep watching. Okay. It's worth watching. I'm not going to keep watching. Fair enough. But it is... I, I will give it a play because, again, it's a very... The topic in which she's trying to address is very necessary. Yeah. And I appreciate the the nuances that she she attacked. Mm-hmm. I personally would like to consume this topic from someone else. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I can appreciate this. And I think Sarah Silverman, her name pulls certain... I know this is a long-winded uh, explanation, it's fine. but... No, that's right. Sarah Silverman, her name pulls certain type of people that need to hear this. Yes. Yeah. And if freaking, I don't know, Bill O'Brien did it. It it would pull a certain type of people that also need to hear it. I think different people in each side of this industry need to do this in their way. And so when it comes to this aspect, which is kind of like the liberal, like extremely liberal, like um, feminist some, like I'm trying to generalize here on her, her, her market. Right. They they also need to hear this because everyone needs to be centered a little bit. Right. And I'm glad you brought up that point because I do want to have a conversation of is she going to accomplish her goals just by nature of who she is? Um, we don't have to talk about that yet. Yeah. But Linda, are you a pass or play on the show? I'm going to say I'm a play. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm a play is because I want to support more of this. I mm-hmm. think that the dialogue needs to be had in mm-hmm. this country. And I think that 
she, like Dee said, pulls in a specific crowd. And I think that even though this is a political type show, you're going to get a lot of the millennials pulled into this because of all the stuff that's going on. And it's kind of fast paced, even though it's not a fast paced show. Mm -hmm. There's just so much in it that you're going to get this and you're going to get this. And oh, by the way, we're talking about politics and division and race and feminism and all that stuff that needs to be talked about. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say I'm a play. Cool. Um, well, let's talk, as, of course, after our Pass or Play segment, we always talk about the development of the show. Yeah. Um, with a show like this, there's less kind of to talk about, because mm-hmm. normally we're talking about an entire cast and an entire team. But as with any late night show, the anchor and glue of the show is the central person theirself. So in this case, it's Sarah Silverman. This is something she's actually been wanting to do for a long time, and she's been trying to find the right platform for it, which, of course, Hulu picked it up. But her quote is, she's saying, I was looking to connect with people who may not agree with my politi- my personal opinions through... Let me... I'm just going to read it exactly as she said it, because I'm doing a bad job reading today. <laughs> Silverman is looking to connect with people who may not agree with her personal opinions through honesty, humor, and genuine interest in others, not taking herself too seriously. While it's great to connect with like-minded people, Silverman feels it's crucial now more than ever to connect with the unlike-minded. Mm-hmm. I, th- that's a really interesting point. I like the I really like the intention behind it. Um, what's interesting is I feel like this is Hulu's kind of first late-night show. Yeah. Have you guys watched any other like streaming like talk shows? Like late night, like non non daily show type things. Yeah. Like so like Chelsea Handler has a show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you guys seen her show at all? I've seen an episode. Okay. Um, they also, because there's also another talk show on Netflix now, too, and I can't Oh, Bill Nye, I guess, has a show on Netflix, oh, yeah. too, but I guess, that's not exactly a talk show. Um, but it's interesting to watch the streaming platforms try to enter the late night game. Yeah. Because for so long, it's just been a network TV staple. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, like HBO got Bill Maher, and yeah. then TBS has Samantha Bee and Conan, but. It's just like every medium's adopting their own version of sort of what the late night show is. Yeah, I yeah, I mean that's not a bad idea in my opinion, mm-hmm. and it's just you know the network is so financially focused they aren't able to be as creative as you would like. Yeah, true. you know what I mean. Even um, when we saw Colbert go from Comedy Central to um, CBS, uh, CBS, yeah. CBS, and. You know the genius that he had in Comedy Central, oh, yeah. at least in the beginning. I think he's come a long way since, but we he, we lost a lot of that. You I, know what so I mean? agree. Yeah, I've I kind of likened it to like a great punk rock band starting to play elevator music. <laughs> Stephen Colbert yes. moved from. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yeah. So um, again, like all of my critiques will not be about her vision behind what yeah. she's trying to do. That's it, fair. It's just the the, the delivery of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious to see what type of layout it will be if it's going to follow the same format or if it's going to be different every time because I was reading online so for this specific one she started with the song and then she had her monologue which was like her opening. just FYI this is the part we're starting to get into spoilers oh, so. sorry. no no no, 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 no. Spoiler. you haven't, no, you haven't done it yet we're thought transitioning is, okay we're transitioning <laughs> no, you did and then she right. did the pre-tape Right, which was like a comedy bit. Yes. And then she had her guest, mm-hmm. and then she did her little comedy bit. So I'm wondering if that's going to be the format. Like, is she always going to have a guest? Is she always going to approach a topic? Or is she going to streamline it? Because it did seem a little busy to me. Like yeah. Too many segments. Too many segments. And what am I focusing on? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, yeah. are we talking about feminism? Are we talking about those audience members and how we feel about that. Like, what are we talking about? And it was a satirical nature to it, too, also Mm -hmm. making fun of the, um, 
the uh, night night shows in in general. Yes. In general, exactly. Which I think is people are going to. I like that. I think people are going to enjoy that because it just makes it feel more authentic. And I thought it was funny when because I wrote it down. She promised whenever the show got too unsettling, they'd cut to a white man at yes. a desk just so your average run of the mill. Uh, late night show would feel like yeah. it, it was that. <laughs> I, love that. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious too. I'm glad you brought that up, Dee, because I do think both this show and the other show we'll be talking about today are playing with the conventions of what we're used to, mm-hmm. which is part of the appeal is there's like that distant sense of familiarity that's kind of comforting, but yep. then it's also tossed in its head to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to address what you brought up about what is the show actually kind of trying to do? Like there were so many segments. I'm not sure all the segments really kind of fused together. I don't feel like they did yeah. at all. I don't either and I don't care. Like I still yeah. loved it. Yeah. It, it kind of has almost to it a variety show feel to it yeah. to mm-hmm. me. And so then it doesn't have to really be cohesive because you're just kind of doing a little bit of everything. Right. A sketch comedy, a song, a dance, you know, and then oh we're going to talk some serious stuff. So yeah. It could be that. Well, that's what I I liked. I mean, the thing is, this is very common with late night shows. If you go back and watch anyone's first late night show on a new platform, whatever, it's usually pretty messy. Mm-hmm. Um, even like if you go back and watch John Oliver's first season, mm-hmm. which is a late night show that I love, he's gotten so much better. And I feel like part of the success of a late night show is just given a hundred episodes and yeah. it'll tighten up. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I did think this was kind of a mess. Yeah. But that's the thing is, something about it felt so radical to me. I think it's someone like who admittedly does watch John Oliver every week. I was like, it's so nice to just feel a little less anger on screen right now. <laughs> you know, like I just there was this sense of open hearted earnestness where she just wanted to hear people. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like very rarely do late night hosts actually want to listen to their guests. Yeah. You know, they bring on guests that agree with them. Or they bring on guests that they know they'll disagree with, so there's not they're not gonna listen. Yeah. And so, Oh, I yeah, was going to say, please. to bounce off of that, yeah. I mean, yeah, because we're spoiling now anyway. So there were, some, there were some scenes and some ideas and some skits that I think are just very transformative and very powerful. Mm-hmm. Even the the scene where she's in with the, the conservative family, more or yes. less, and having open dialogue. And it's like, at the end, we're not trying to paint anyone in a certain picture. Mm-hmm. We're having a conversation. And guess what? We don't agree. Like, I think that concept, because... Her audience, in my opinion, is like super, like the extreme liberals. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we can both argue that extreme conservatives and extreme liberals are the people that we need to get to the middle mm-hmm. to have some, like, um, to have some impact going forward politically and, you know, just to get away from the issues that we're having now. Um, and so I'd love the, the only way that you kind of have that kind of transformative nature is to listen. Right. And she, she displayed that with that skit and she displayed that with the interview that she had yes. at the end. Mm. And I think that is going to be the power of this show. Mm-hmm. And that is the aspect of the show that I think is worth revisiting. Yeah. And that's what's funny about the show is like, I think even when it takes missteps, purely the spirit behind the show feels very radical to me. Mm -hmm. Which is why I found it to be a very exciting pilot. I was just like, I have not seen this. Yeah. And I do... Exactly. That that sums it up. I was like, man, I've never seen this before. Yeah. That's a great line. And it makes me excited to, like... I don't know. I just, like... And we'll have the conversation if anyone actually going to watch it. Because... Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's save that. Um, Can I say that um, you brought it up last week, and I have Hulu at home, and I, I, I saw the ads for it, but I didn't really actually see the ads. Like nothing pulled me in. Like mm-hmm. I love America. What is what is that? Yeah. Right. The title. You know, and I feel like yeah. yeah. And even like the graphics of it, I was it's like, a little oh, weird. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't suit to me what I saw. 
Like, does, I actually sat down and thought, okay, well, you know what? I could get into this, but yeah. if I was just browsing because there's so much to watch, I would have passed right over it. For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. the marketing feels weird for this show. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, especially, like, the imagery surrounding the show just yeah. visually doesn't feel quite right. But then, if we are going to start talking about the musical, I call it the musical in the beginning. Yes. That was, like, four the minutes Malaya, long. I thought it was a too long, but then I thought well, uh, it's it's entertaining me, and she's trying to get a lot of points out in mm-hmm. yeah. in it. Um, but I also thought it was just too long. Yeah, like I get your point; you could have cut that in half easily. Yeah, Sarah Silverman can get this way, and like I'm admittedly a huge fan. But the thing I like about Sarah Silverman's comedy is she's always trying to do something more than just make you laugh. Yeah, she's always trying to make you think, and I do think connect with people. Mm-hmm. I think like whenever I watch her stand up, which I watch a lot of. She's really trying to connect with people. Like yeah. she'll tease a Christian, but then earnestly engage with them as to why they believe what they believe. And yeah, but sometimes that can be at the cost of the joke a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I almost like her more as a thinker than as a comic. Yeah. yeah. And I think we saw that a bit with this opening yeah. number. Mm-hmm. But I'm just the spirit of the show is what makes me so excited. It's re- that's I, I'm excited that man. This is something that you know. This is her baby, mm-hmm. and it actually got delivered. Right. on a major platform and yeah. that's the the power in it that's what I like I think that was the most exciting thing about it more yeah. than the show is just the idea I'm watching someone trying to a non-minority trying to do something like this well I guess as a female she's a minority but yeah. racially speaking and just like experience wise and she has money like she, in a lot of ways she doesn't have to do what she's trying to attack exactly yeah. mm-hmm. so, I she like could that. just kind of coast on her privilege yeah. if yeah. she wanted to and she's not okay with that right. yeah which so many people in Hollywood are, even if they don't admit it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned this interview, and this was my favorite part. Mine too. Um, so she interviewed Megan Phelps Roper, which if you guys recognize the last name Phelps, they're most famous as being the family <clears throat> that is the engine behind the Westboro Baptist Church, which is, of course, the church that pickets um, soldiers' funerals mm-hmm. and will hold up signs at LGBT events that say God hates fags. Celebrated 9-11. Yeah. yeah, they celebrate terrorist acts and yep. saying it's God's wrath. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. But she is someone who was born into the church, raised in the church, indoctrinated by the church, and ended up leaving because one of her trolls on Twitter ended up engaging with her in a dialogue. And which, yeah, sorry to cut you off. No. Which I also thought was interesting is that she was put in charge of the church's social media. Yeah. So it's the only reason why she went on, on Twitter and, mm. and social media is to spread more of their beliefs. And then her right. mind got changed. So yeah. one time Twitter did something good. But you know, <laughs> it's not always just a terrible cesspool of horror. Um, what did you think of this interview, D'Angelo? Um, it was good. I think I have a really interesting, interesting perspective because I'm a pretty very devout Christian. Uh-huh. Um, but that which she was part of is not something that I ever really identified with or agreed with. So I would say even a lot of Christians condemn that because it's like, man, that paints a bad picture on us. So like, right. you know what I mean? So we got to fight across that. So it was interesting because their little signs, like you know, um, fags go to hell or like God that's yeah. God hate fags. Get it right, Tim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get it right. That I, I've never heard them speak before. But I kind of already put I put a persona on them, right? Um, so it was interesting, like even having to attack my own. Um, mm-hmm. oh, these are real people, like yeah. her. She was a real person, you know what I mean? And, and that whole conversation about just that everyone has layers and not just monsters. Which she said, I think I also had to do with her when she came to the couch in the interview. Yeah, I think the thing that she said that really kind of shook me was when she's like, 
even psychopaths believe what they've... I forget exactly how she said it, and I wish I would have written it down. Shame on me. But she was saying something like, these people are just someone... are just human beings with a very, very single-minded worldview right. or oh, something. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah. She was saying that... that Although they're extremists, mm-hmm. they're not psychopaths. Yes. And then she was saying they are isolated by bad ideas. Mm-hmm. And so those bad ideas, they continue to expand on because they don't know anything different because that's all they know. Yeah. And they only associate with people that think that way in the church. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting, too, because you think someone's an extremist they they must be crazy yeah. and they must be crazy to think this way or to do the things that they do but then you see this girl Megan who you know is a young girl who thought that way for years and then what did she say she's been out of the church for five years yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like she's done a 360 yeah. what an eloquent person I was like what a beautiful representation of how people can change and just what you said extremists aren't psychopaths or whatever that quote was yeah. That's never a spirit that you would see on a late night show. A comedy late night show, the joke would be they are psychopaths. Exactly. Right. You know, they're clear. Yeah, that's the fuel for every single late night show on TV, especially mm-hmm. political ones. So for that sentiment to be kind of acknowledged on a late night show, just did feel very radical to me. And I love the fact that they could have the conversation. And even if you didn't agree with either side, her or Sarah. It, it felt very neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I can make my own decision. Like, can people really change? And yeah. and, and is this a, a conversation that we should be having? And the answer is yes to yeah. both of yeah. those. You know, so that's what I thought was beautiful also about the show. Yeah. Is that it, it wants to do more in this country where everything is being polarized. Polarized right. by the president, polarized by people and race and mm. all of it. That this here's this person who is a celebrity that again like you said she doesn't have to do this yeah. mm-hmm. but you it almost felt at least for me in the pilot that she wants to do this like she wants to have these conversations and she wants not only to learn herself but to, sh- to share that with us yeah, yeah. well I think one in, in, interesting thing and why it's important that someone like her is doing it is because it's we're talking about like pretty heavy stuff it's, it's also comedy you yeah. know what I mean and I think that's the best way to attack our country is to entertain them but educate them yeah right and so um i I also like that aspect of it is just like her quirkiness and her her aspect of her as a comedian is also very much a part of this show which Mm -hmm. is important to be able to dissect all the heavy stuff that's happening and it's central to a late night show right Right. that's what i like it's like on one level she does want to have her version of a late night show Mm -hmm. so it needs to be funny yeah um cool well it sounds like overall we liked it one of the conversations i want to have with you guys though is she wants the right and the left to both watch this show. I wonder how many conservative Republicans are going to think Sarah Silverman has a new late night show on Hulu. They're not going to watch, unfortunately. I know. If, if the mar- and I think it's lost in the marketing. That's yeah. the I agree title, with you. the art. It's, I it. love you, America, with Sarah Silverman. Okay, I'm not. Right. Sarah, she it. lost me at Sarah Silverman for the for the right. You the know? assumption would be that it's going to be the John Oliver. It's going to be the Bill Maher. You know what I mean? Like I, there's nothing about the marketing to me that implies it's a bridge kind of show yeah. at all. And I think she's making some mistakes, too, on this show related to that. I'm not sure showing us six minutes of two naked people 
was wondering. I was wondering if we're going to talk about that. I mean, that's why I wasn't really. Let's talk about that. So at this point, you know, we're in spoiler territory. (laughs) She spent a long time kind of making a joke about how like bodies are never shown on TV, which I thought was kind of funny, and I agreed Mm -hmm. with her. But we saw full frontal male, full frontal female, just straight up lot of nudity. Yeah. Um, What did you guys think of the segment first of all, and do you think it makes sense for the format? I mean, I think you're answering my question because I, I mean, and I might just be oblivious, but I didn't understand the point of it besides right. the shock value mm-hmm. and besides that being like part of her spiel. Like, what are you trying to bring to my attention right now? Right. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, I think a lot of shows will try to do something shocking in the first five minutes. Like Mindhunter did mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the problem is shock value shouldn't be the appeal of this show. Because shock value is polarizing. So I was like, why start your show with something polarizing if your goal is to create a non-polarizing show? Yeah. So I felt like that was kind of a mistake. I do think she could tone down like some of the pussy lips fucks. You know, she's so vulgar. It's yeah. her, though. Which, that's what I love about her. Yeah. But I just don't think like my parents from Cleveland are going to watch this show if she keeps saying pussy lips. No, that's why I say there are a lot of different type of people that need to do this because I don't yeah. I wouldn't want to talk tell Sarah don't be yourself this, this is part of who she is and right. now that's why I'm like play but I'm not going to watch it because I don't want to see that stuff like, right. I don't want to see his dick like Sharon staring at me so I'm good <laughs> I, I'll pass you know but I can understand it and I can appreciate it yeah. um, but I think just I, what I hope this show does if even if it doesn't last is it inspires people on the other side mm-hmm. who also at the end of the day want what's the goal like humanizing people and having progress I'm hoping that it inspires them to want to do their version of the show so that the people who consume them for their name will also get the same type of lesson and I hope that at the end of the day it does create the dialogue because I read somewhere online that made me think like if the cameras weren't there would we and too. would they still be having the same conversations and I wonder I wonder even here in LA like someone's super conservative am i going to have that conversation with them mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable and then are we going to be able to agree to disagree right i know it is there is that element of like how real can it ever be when it's videotaped but they're do i think she's really giving it her all which yeah. is like i have that, to applaud that yeah. yes Agreed. um cool so it sounds like overall we like the show i actually already watched the second one so and? I did she i liked it i liked is it, it getting did it get better for you is it or? more cohesive it wasn't more cohesive okay. <laughs> it's more <laughs> the, she needs about 100 episodes yeah she's still got to figure out what the show is she but has it, a lot of creative her own they, this could be good but bad she has a lot of creative control yeah she does and sometimes you need that outside voice to kind of right. hone it into so yeah I, I agree but I'll be curious to see where the show goes I think I'm gonna probably be watching this show every week though yeah. so mm-hmm. I'll keep you guys posted that being said we have any other last thoughts about I Love You America no cool um, well, the next show we're talking about is another show based around a talk format with a very, very famous female comic. The show we're talking about right now is True TV's new show, At Home with Amy Sedaris. It premiered on October 24th, and it is kind of a very weird send-up <laughs> of HGTV, more like Food Network, kind of homegrown Ina Garten-style cooking shows, and do-it-yourself Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um what did you guys think of this show? You're up, D. Yeah, I'm first. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I was weirded out, which was the goal, <laughs> yeah. but it was funny. Yeah. I, I laughed, and I'm not the target audience in this for this show. I don't feel like I was, but I, my, well, the way I walked away feeling from this show, it was like, man, I really like her. Yeah. yeah. She delivered. Like, yeah. And I appreciated everything. She, I couldn't tell if she was acting. Like, you know what I mean? It just felt very real and organic, and I appreciated it. Yeah. 
I thought it was hysterical. Good. I thought it was very like over the top, taking the stereotypes times a hundred. Yeah, throwing them down. And throwing them down. But <laughs> but knowing that she she's smiling like from ear to ear and she's loving it. Yeah. I thought it was hysterical. I wasn't really sure what was going on half the time, but I was like, ooh. Are you like, guys- am I am I actually learning? How to cook something here? Am I, am I learn? But I did learn about all the different type of fish. <laughs> she weird. did. Are weird. you guys pass or play? Um, this is probably a pass for me. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a pass. Actually, I'm gonna say a play just okay. because I'm curious what she's gonna do next. Right, because this one was really just was all different. over the place. The woman in the forest. <laughs> I know. So I know. weird. Everything. I just both of these shows. I love the creativity. It's just like yeah. I love walking away and be like, man, I've never seen or thought or. It's just different. I think Hollywood yeah. needs that. Need I, I agree. Yeah. So online they're calling it a comedy series slash talk show satire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I read that, after I watched it, I was like, okay, now I, that okay, makes sense. That yeah. makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. For sure. I agree with you guys. It's, it is funny, though. On paper, I think I love everything about this show. In delivery, I'm not so sure. It's almost the opposite. Where Sarah Silverman's show, I think, was kind of messy, but the spirit enough carried me through to like it. I feel like this show is kind of messy, but I, what it could have been, I wanted it to be. Like I wanted yeah. it to be so much more. Um, do you guys have any like experience with Amy Sedaris as a comic? No, it's no. my first exposure. Sorry. I'm actually a huge Amy Sedaris fan, so okay. I went in kind of knowing who she was. Her brother David is a very famous writer whose books I really like. Um, and yeah, she's been on a lot. I mean, she was an improv girl. She grew up, kind of came up in Second City with Stephen Colbert and um, Steve Carell. They mm-hmm. actually had a show together. Wow. Oh. So she's been, if you look at her credits, you'll be like, oh yeah, I have seen her in that. And she's got a nice arc on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt right now. She's definitely like a respected force in the world of the comedy community, especially in the improv community. Mm-hmm. This show for me, I wanted it to either take on more of a point of view or be be weirder. I wanted it to be either because, do you guys watch any Tim and... <laughs> you wanted it weirder? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I did. I know. It, can, it could it even be weirder. Do you guys watch any like Tim and Eric? Like the Tim and Eric awesome show? I, or, uh-huh. I, I know the lane. I know you the know? Vibe, yeah. So like, I almost would have rather Adult Swim pick this show up and they just go weirder. Oh, they would have well, They went real weird. <laughs> they would have gone really weird, but... Yeah. I would have been more surprised, I think. It's hard because, like, I really like weird cringe comedy. Like, mm. I actually love that stuff. Uh-huh. And you should check out Tim and Eric. Like, I'll send, you, yeah. I'll send you an episode that okay. I think you should watch. Sometimes that show goes too far where you, <laughs> you're grossed out or scared or, like, sad or something. But it's, it's taking the jump that I wanted to take. I don't know. I just... I'm going to try to say this concisely, but I either wish it would have been more focused on parodying specific elements of those shows or just gone a little further in the direction it wanted to go. Mm. That being said, there were moments I thought were hilarious, and I'm a tentative play because I agree. I'm curious to see what else the show will do. Um, What was confusing to me was this, I think two aired. I only watched one, but the show, the website had it, Made, made it look like episode yeah. two is episode yeah, one. Yeah, it was weird. Did you guys watch the fish one? I watched the fish one. Okay. Watched, was that not episode one? Wait. That was episode okay. one. Oh, I watched Cooking by Yourself or something like that. Yeah. Is that not the first episode? I don't know. Oh, wait. It said one on one. It said one on one, but I was looking online and I oh, think. Oh, you know what? Yeah. yeah. So I did what I was supposed to do. But no, no, no but this is uh, the fish one, uh-huh. the TGIF, is episode one that's it's a pilot one? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. it's just mislabeled on the yeah. website which isn't your fault yeah it makes oh, me wonder sucks. how much true tv's 
putting into the Maybe. show if they made that mistake. Well, now know. I gotta. I want to go back and watch the. So I watched the second episode. Apparently, yeah. So there's some things I would have needed to know before. I wonder if they connected. I wonder yeah. if they are. Now connected. I gotta because it is worth revisiting. I, I want to check out the first episode. So here's what I'll say. I actually did watch both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one to me had more of actually a point of view so it was like the jokes were like she's lonely yeah. all this stuff is covering up this thing about her character literally the first one D'Angelo was just like all about fish and just like <laughs> and then a lamb chop was thrown in there okay. yeah there were some lamb chops and, and a baked potato boat alright amen <laughs> I just amen. if we're gonna talk about a show with too many jumbled segments this is the show for me of I wanted, would have wanted to see a bit more of a theme I was like, why? This is spoiler territory, guys. But I was like, why are we at a barbecue all of a sudden? At a golf range? Yeah, I was just like, I want there to be some kind of connective tissue rather than just all these weird sketches. But so did the episodes connect, Jeff, or were they completely separate? They, uh, I don't think no? so. I okay. think they're pretty different entities. They're both bananas, but. <laughs> And the first episode sounds like it was weirder than the second episode. I think, yeah, overall, because it didn't have as much of connective tissue, as Mm -hmm. I was just saying. Interesting. But, I mean, I will say there were some very, very funny parts to me. I just wanted it to be consistently more funny. But I I did like some of the jokes in the forest. The forest one was hilarious to me. Because it was so random and (laughs) passive-aggressive. And I was like, oh. It was very passive-aggressive. Did you guys laugh more at um, at uh, Sarah Silverman or this show? I probably laughed more at this show. Me too. Oh, yeah. 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 This show's probably funnier. It's, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so outrageous. Yeah, it is outrageous. The knife guy? Yeah, I don't know about the knife guy. The knife guy freaked me out. <laughs> I, would, I gotta watch it now. You can go back and watch wanna, it. So what is the, what's the vision of the show? What, what is she trying That's to accomplish? I think I'm, like, I'm a little lost on. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, are you trying to parody Martha Stewart or just do crazy characters? Like... I wanted it to have a bit more of like a thesis statement, yeah. I think. What do you think, Linda? Um, I think that... Okay, so there's a couple of things. I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. So remember earlier I was telling you, so it reminds me, and I didn't watch the show, but I, I know like parts of it, of Tracy Ullman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, like characters and like quirky and weird. Mm-hmm. So that part I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but reading about it after the fact, this is supposed to be kind of like her books but live uh-huh. and I haven't read her books so I don't know how true they are but um, one of her books I guess is called Simple Times Crafts for Poor People and it's co-written by the guy that directs the show okay, Paul De- and I'm gonna butcher this but Danello and so I think that maybe with time it's gonna make more sense mm-hmm. or maybe if I read the book then I'll understand like the direction that they're going yeah um, but I'm, I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to send you an episode of Tim and Eric because they they would do the same thing where it's kind of a bunch of sketches, but there's like sort of one through line, which I guess this kind of happened with the That's, businessmen. Is that the through line? I don't know. Did you feel like there was a through line for this besides just like fish or gross? No, I think that it was just fish. Yeah. <laughs> it could just be one of those shows where it's just like every episode is its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. That and then also too though, they're Online, they're saying like she's trying to deconstruct feminism in a humorous way. I can see and, that for and sure. And the role that women play, yeah, in the matriarchal, exactly, like the the caregiver yeah. and the homemaker. Mm-hmm. But I want to sit down and have dinner with you know a bunch of businessmen and talk about business and what what you do outside of the home. So it's a bit of that. Um, yeah. 
I thought that that okay. So if you're gonna bring up like constantly mocking the stereotype of what a woman should be, then that could be an interesting yes. take. Well, I definitely saw that in the in the second episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was that's the part I liked the most, just attacking, I guess, the housewife or mm-hmm. the a single woman. And just attacking that those the stereotypes there, and but it was weird because she would like deconstruct it, and then in the middle of the uh, episode she gets a date, and she just drops everything for it. So it was just like it was really funny. But I think I like the authenticity in that because yes. it's like oh yeah, everybody everybody wants to be in a relationship, mm-hmm. or you want a relationship. So it was funny to see these first fifteen to twenty minutes of her being just trying to promote herself and being single and being independent and then this guy comes in and asks her out and she just loses her shit so yeah. that was kind of funny to see that I think I want to see more of it though like I I'm, I love the idea of like a critique of the anti-feminism of mm-hmm. some of these shows I just wish I would have felt that a little more rather mm. than just like talking about like the fish's mouth for like three minutes. <laughs> she just, was weird. I liked it, but it was weird. It's weird, but I like that weird too. I yeah. just, I think I either wanted to like take on a point of view or totally throw a point of view out the window and just mm. be crazy. I want it to be either. But don't you think her non reactions to everything that was going on was part of the humor of it all? I thought yeah. it was hilarious. Like she yeah, was I just like, it. she was smiling. I love her. Like, I want to, I from this want to consume her other stuff. She's very talented. Yeah. So. I was I got to go see her at Upright Citizens Brigade like a couple months ago and on stage improvising she's I mean she's a genius. Yeah. There's a reason she's kind of carved out the career she is because especially thinking on her feet, it's like watching magic happen. So we'll have to catch Amy Sedaris next time she's Definitely. live. But Definitely. I I'll play. I'm glad to hear that it the show's trying to do something a little bit more mm-hmm. than just be weird. Because <laughs> um, I think if it wants to just be weird for me, it wasn't quite weird enough. enough. Yeah. Um, for any of you guys in the comments who have like seen Tim and Eric or any of that really weird anti-comedy on Adult Swim, I'd love to hear your take, especially if you've seen both shows, and kind of let, let me know if you sort of agree with me or don't agree with me, and in general, our analysis, let us know what you guys think. It's yeah. been fun to have you guys in the comments. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Do you guys have any last thoughts on At Home with Amy Sedaris on True TV? I just, like, with these two shows, once again... The creativity, mm-hmm. um, the outside the box aspect. It's too many things, too too many times we've seen movies and TV shows just the same old over and over and over. And I hope that this is a continuous trend going forward, yeah. whether these shows pop off or not. I love the creativity with it. Yeah, I like the idea of making fun of something that's so common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the more late night shows we get, the more cooking shows we get, the more important it is for us to make fun of it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think that my last take would be wherever these shows land, I wish they would just market them a little better so mm. that with all that's out there that we would be able to find them easier. Mm. I mean, we review shows, but for just the regular person that's trying to find something new to watch, yeah. you know, you need to market to that person too. Like, what are you really trying to do that's different than everyone else yeah. that's in this Field. That's what we're here for, guys, too. Absolutely. You know, that's why we do this review show. Let us know in the comments if you had even heard of these shows before we reviewed them, because I agree, mm-hmm. I do not think they've been well marketed. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, guys, this has been fun. Yes. Um, this Welcome has been back. TV Pilot <laughs> Reviews, y'all. My name is Jeff Graham. If you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. Let us know what pilots you think we should be covering there. Also, next week, we're covering a new Showtime pilot called Smilf. Um, which stands for Single Mom I'd Like to... I've seen billboards for that. Yes. Marketing um, well done. So there's a short film associated with it, and maybe we'll try to cover one more. I haven't exactly looked at what's airing next week, but I'll let you guys know soon. Mm-hmm. Tune in to find out, though, guys. We tape live um, on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. 
and we also have a podcast. So if you're watching, you could listen. If you're listening, you could watch. Do both. Thanks, guys. And Linda is so girly. Chat with me. Let me know what you thought about these shows. And once again, I'm D'Angelo. Hit me up on Twitter at D'Angelo TV. Also on Instagram at D'Angelo. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Can't wait to see, can't wait to see you guys next week. That being said, we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.